College football fans, welcome back to the College Ball Show. He's Marshall, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk, what else, some college football. And what a week we had last week, week 10. LSU gets the dramatic win at home, at night, where dreams of wonderful seasons go to die. And it lived up to the hype, no doubt about it. Um, Georgia said, hang on a second, I'm the best team, we're the best team in the land, and really socked it. The score doesn't really tell you what happened on the field. They socked it to Tennessee, pressure, pressure, pressure. I was hoping that there'd be a, you know, an ugly little late, you know, garbage time TD to get that thing down uh, to plus nine and a half. But, hey, what are you going to do? I mean, what are you going to do? Notre Dame, you just don't know week in, week out, which team's going to show up. They showed up to have their best performance of the year to just blow out Clemson. 35-14, to 14, definitely got a big, big win. What do you know? TCU comes back. Um, UCLA and Arizona State actually battled for a long time. That was kind of a shootout, but a grind-out shootout. Took quite a while. Same with the USC California. They won third and five. Texas did get the job against, you know, job done against Kansas State. That was a big one. Um, so, yeah, we'll definitely talk all about week um, 10. Then, of course, week 11. LSU's got a tricky game on the road at Arkansas, but Alabama has to go on the road again to Ole Miss. They are a heavy favorite in that one. Of course, there's a couple of big games in the Big 12, TCU, Texas, Kansas State, Baylor, ACC, North Carolina, Wake Forest. There's a variety of great games um, on the docket, no doubt about it. Um, and, you know, in the American, UCF and Tulane, 8-1-7-2, big, big, you know, uh, they're both going to be ranked big games in that conference. So we're going to talk it all through. If this is your first time listening to the College Ball Show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Rope It Over Radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and Rope It Over. Download the show directly there. Listen to the browser if you don't want to. You can find this here Rope and Dope Radio for this College Ball Show, the platform under Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Stitcher, Spricker, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and a, a host of other platforms to hear the college ball show under the rope of dope radio while you're at it why don't you head on over to the grueling truth.com and one more thing if you're thinking about cutting the cord uh, cutting the cord or you have you're not quite happy i got something for you it's called direct tv stream the <clears throat> the prices for a limited time only start at 49.99 for two months if you go with the choice or ultimate package that gives you three free months of showtime stars cinemax in epics that's 160 dollar value there it's the best of live tv and on demand no annual contracts no hidden fees plus you get to enjoy regional sports networks which as we know is getting harder and harder to do if you have cable that's direct tv streaming okay let's jump right into it um marshall what a big well uh, several big wins uh you know on saturday obviously georgia made a statement at home they got the job done but we'll lead with what was a, a dramatic back and forth, grinded out game, the rivalry lived up to it, and LSU 
Um, you know, we thought Clemson and LSU were a little bit overranked. I shouldn't say we because we haven't had this conversation, but a lot of national media were like, hold on now. Why is LSU 10? They have two losses, and why is Clemson above TCU? TCU didn't get a lot of respect. Now, when you look at the rankings, their rankings, they had, you know, a bunch of ACC teams. So, therefore, Clemson did beat ranked teams, uh, more of them than TCU in the current rank. Kansas isn't ranked. Oklahoma wasn't ranked. You know what I mean? So, when you start to think about it, you go, yeah, I guess that makes a point. But, uh, you know, they were wrong about Clemson, but definitely right about LSU. Um, they get the job done in overtime. They've, they've been looking for a big win this year. Uh, we know, you know, how the, the, the coaching changed and whatnot. And, and it was pretty ballsy to go for uh, the two-point conversion to get the job done. But it seemed like that was a good decision. What would you think? about this uh, rivalry game that lived up to it and, and, like I said, had a lot of dramatics. Yeah, it, it, it does seem for the past, actually for quite a while, whenever these teams play, it's pretty low scoring. Um, we've had a couple of years where, like, LSU's got a prolific offense or Bama does, but um, I feel like for the most part when LSU's been the underdog, they kind of keep the low scoring. Honestly, the game is Chris – or Chris, this game was pretty low scoring. Like, it was, you know uh, – 14 to nine going into the fourth and then it kind of had a little bit of an offensive explosion. So to give credit to Ellis, uh, to give credit to Alabama's defense actually played pretty well. That's kind of been the one knock on them. Uh, people thought that Alabama's defense struggled against Texas with the starting quarterback in. They clearly struggled against Tennessee, but Hey, for the most part, if you were, um, Alabama, you got to be pretty happy. You gave up only two touchdowns. You gave up 14 points by the time you made the fourth quarter. Like, that was kind of a surprise to me. I really thought that they would struggle a little more against an LSU offense, who at times this year has made some pretty good plays because their quarterback moves pretty well with his feet. In the fourth quarter, you had a little bit of craziness back and forth, which made the rivalry game even better. And I'm with you, Chris. To have the confidence to go for that, normally when you see teams go for two in overtime, they're on the road. But if you have the guts... Yeah, having the guts to do that at home against a huge rival where, again, that truly is a 50-50. Like, you're not, you're not going to get the media on your side saying, well, you know, if you're an LSU fan, let's say they missed it. And Brian Kelly's like, dude, I, I just felt it. I thought that was the time. Fan, fans don't care. If that's maybe anyone but Bama, sure. But have the guts to risk that call against Bama at home. In a game where it, it's not like you were a massive underdog, like I know the points for a minute looked like it, but it was competitive. Um, that took a lot of that took a lot of guts, but hey, he pulled it off. They got a win, and as crazy as it is, and that massive beatdown Tennessee gave LSU, LSU kind of right back in the driver's seat, which people probably did not think after the goofy Florida State game and the Tennessee beatdown. But they got some rhythm going, and they're probably going to get reflected with a little more respect even tonight when the poll rankings come out. Yeah, no doubt about it. And all that uh, uh, talk about is this the right fit, is this the guy, we might as well put that to bed for a little bit. Remember, like about a little less than a year ago, they had 39 shit players on um, they had to start a wide receiver late in the year at QB. 
Um, they have a chance to go to the SEC championship. Um, that's pretty damn big. Um, so let's put that stuff to bed about this first-year guy. Is it the right fit? Is it this? Is it that? Uh, that's about as good as ways you can start beyond, like, just devouring, you know, Alabama. But as a 13-and-a-half-point underdog, you know, couldn't ask them to do that first. Okay, but that was a big win for them as a program. And that guy, like I said, what he was able to do at Notre Dame, I think, was a little um, underrated. I don't think people realize just how tough that is to do at a school like that. Um, and I know people are going to say, well, yeah, like even here in Minnesota. Well, they get guys out of Creighton every year and stuff like that, and I hear you, but they don't get the creme de la creme when it comes to just being a great football player who's not just this over-the-top, elite, scholastic, uh, academic, you know, guy. He, he, he may have good grades. He may have a good scores, SAT, ACT, but not some phenomenal, you know, brain power, let's say, right? Uh, just just like the rest of us, right? And for him to be able to have access to not only that area, and, and as we know, Louisiana has really grown up here in the last 20 years or so. Same with Georgia. They, they are, you know, it's football, football, football. Um, we always think Texas and Florida, California, Ohio, uh, Pennsylvania, stuff like that. But, man, Georgia and Louisiana has really grown as far as football states. And this is – just a giant win. And let's stay in the SEC because we did have two uh, games, four teams in the top ten. And Georgia came out, and they were the ones that had the explosive plays. They only had four plays of 40 yards or more. And I believe, like, a couple of them were in those early – the early couple games where they were throwing the ball deep out of nowhere. Um, but they only had four of them on the season through eight games. They had three uh, in, in the first quarter. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was uh, it was pretty crazy. They, they you know they surprised them there a little bit, but not really a huge surprise because we knew Tennessee secondary uh, you know was weak. But the, they had like five false starts on Tennessee. Did like the the amount of pressure that that Georgia defense brought. There wasn't a whole lot they were going to be able to do, and kudos to Georgia. Uh, you know, when you got a kind of a weaker defense uh, in a in a secondary that has yellow flags in it, it's it's finally going to catch up with you. I did think they they cover the spread. Like I said, they almost got some some late drive. You know, they had a deep bomb that if they would have connected, that would have made it a closer game. But uh, like I said, the score doesn't do it justice. But they just beat him up, Marshall. Yeah, they really did. Um, Tennessee's offense, which was averaging 50 points a game, scored 13. And it, it just, they never got a rhythm going. That's not great. No, uh, that's pretty bad if you're looking at math numbers. Uh, but every, especially in the second half, I feel like every time he dropped back to pass, like there was one of his tackles was getting smoked off the line. Like there was no rhythm. They couldn't get the offense going. <clears throat> um, there was some pouring down rain there kind of in the second half for a little bit, which probably didn't help the offense much. But, again, Georgia's playing on the same field. 
Um, but I really thought one of the big momentum plays of the game actually was the, the 74 yard punt because Tennessee, they, you know, they forced the fumble the first time, you know, okay, you get a field goal and everything's going okay. You, you hold them again and you're only, you know, only down seven to three. Life is fine. Okay. Get the ball back. But then you have this miraculous 74 yard punt, which goes out at the one. And that led to what probably should have been a safety on a video review, but nonetheless, it was overruled. They make a punt and score a play later. So you go from a game where, hey, you're down 7-3, to three, life is good, defense made a stop, to boom, miraculous punt, boom, touchdown again, all of a sudden, damn, now we're digging ourselves into a big hole. So you would normally never say that a punt is a play of the game, but that really did flip momentum and led to another score, and Tennessee never really kind of caught back up after that. So special teams, even though, you know, they're not the prettiest thing to ever talk about. They were a huge deal. And, and I mean, if you look back, it's what gave uh, at the very end, Tennessee went over Bama. And what, in my opinion, was one of the bigger plays of the whole game to benefit Georgia this time over Tennessee. Yeah, that's a good call. And, uh, you know, Georgia has gone against two of the, the most high powered offenses in the whole entire country in Oregon in Tennessee, and both just quiet them up. They're not chirping anymore. Wow. That was impressive by Georgia. And, you know, they started so impressively this season. And they looked a little me- mediocre. Against, well, they looked pretty bad against Missouri. Looked kind of mediocre against Florida until they pushed away. Sometimes they get good starts, and the team would kind of linger. And then they'd pull away later, uh, maybe mid-third, fourth quarter. But, man, did they come out to play right off the bat. Big win for the Georgia Bulldogs, who will have to be first uh, now. What was it? They were third. They got to be number one. TCU, who's going to move up in the rankings as well, um, it's the fourth time. Now, they didn't trail by a lot. It was only four points in the second half, but they've come from seven. In the second half, 14, 11, and now four uh, against Texas Tech. Uh, like I said, they, they they got a little disrespected, and that's the problem with – it's kind of an interesting thing because, you know, we say these AP polls don't mean anything until the real rankings come out, but then by the time we got to the real rankings, we do have to admit that um, – some of the teams that were ranked, whether it's injury, like the K- Kansas has a good backup quarterback, but he's definitely not as good as Daniels. <clears throat> you know, whatever. You know, you find out you're not as good. Oklahoma found out they're not as good as they were ranked. So, you know, I guess I can see a little bit of that. They were only seventh. They probably should have been higher because they did face four, quote unquote, ranked teams. How many were actually ranked? You know, only two. Uh, so, I don't know. I think they overvalued the ACC, so that helped Clemson. But if that's why I kind of disagreed with the with a, a fair amount of the top twenty five. Well, I shouldn't say a fair amount, but certain parts to the top twenty five. But if this is their top twenty five, Marshall, then I understand why they had teams where they were because you're like, well, they got three or four ranked wins, and the the other team only has two. So it is a little funky. But bottom line. Um, they kept the ball rolling. Um, Dugan, you know, wasn't his normal pass and run self, although it really didn't matter because Miller 
ran for 158, 21 carries, Marshall, 7.5 a clip overall, 234 on the ground. Um, you know, that was kind of a, a big story to the game, um, along with, like I said, just the, these comeback kids, uh, you know, a, a key turnover. There was only one turnover in the game, and uh, TCU keeps the ball rolling. That defense, it, it, it's hard to imagine that defense could have a, 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 a single-digit ranking next to it because it's not that great, but offense continues to step up and get the job done. Um, they are a gritty team. they got a lot of heart. They have a good coach. They have a good quarterback. They have an explosive offense, and now they get uh, tested again this week with uh, Texas coming up. So hey, again, it, it wasn't pretty. That they they were they were definitely having some slow moments. But then you check your phone, like between the third quarter and fourth quarter, it's like oh shit, they just dropped like twenty one points in the span of like a refresh. You know that they, they just they 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 don't make life easy on themselves, Chris. They really don't. But at the end of the day, um, kind of like the Minnesota Vikings, a team where I, you know, where I'm from and where my co-host lives, uh, they're they winning games, and it really doesn't matter how you win. Whether you're covering the point spread, happy, a good-looking win, an impressive win, an ugly win, as long as you win football games, whether you're in high school, college, middle school, or pro, at the end of the day, if you're winning games, that's all they care about. And TCU continues to win games despite having, I would say, a below-average defense. They're finding ways to win. That's just kind of be part of their DNA. Um, but when you are going to play the elite level teams or the end of the year, you got to hope that your defense has found some strides to make some type of positive ways because you can't always, always, always dig yourself a hole and come back. Or at least it, it seems it'd be really, really hard to stand defeated or have a really great season with that type of game plan, Chris. Yeah, it's true. And, and, you know, although, like you said, on the surface, they've played a bunch of ranked teams and whatnot. Oops. She's here. Um, they played a lot of ranked teams, you know, AP ranked teams and whatnot. But, man, I'll tell you what, like, it, it is it is going to get a little funky when they keep playing like this. Um, they, they do have to tighten up in certain ways, and they, they can't just keep coming from behind. I think I got my issues. Solved there. There you go. Okay. Um, let's stay in the Big 12, though. Um, Texas, K-State. Um, Texas got off to a great, great start, 21-10 and ultimately 31-10 at half. Um, uh, a fumble turned into a touchdown. Kind of got a little slow there for a while. And then, you know, they made a run um, and had a fumble late in that game. Uh, on a on a drive that was looking like it was going someplace, but uh, they they held them off. They didn't get up by ten and lose. So kudos to Texas for going, you know, on the road at K State. Uh, it got the job done, and and now they're favorites, um, you know, in their next game uh, against TCU. So, you know, I I did have K State two and a half as the underdog. Um, it pretty much held a, a good chunk of it. But um, I gotta give Texas some credit there. They got up and they it didn't it wasn't all pretty because they probably should have stayed up and it shouldn't have been a tight game. But that's kind of their style, and and I do gotta give them credit. I didn't think they'd win that game, and, and they beat they went into Kansas State, which isn't a play you know an easy place to win. Surprised that Kansas State was able to get back in that game though, based off their offense. 
um, and how it's designed and, and, and that type of thing. Usually it's got to be, um, you know, they either got to have the lead or it's they got to be close and keep a game close. Then they can kind of overwhelm you, which we've seen them do. But, you know, that was a big win. Uh, can't take it away from them, that's for sure, uh, from Texas. Yeah, I, I, I like the recap. So just to kind of add on to that um, with the Big 12 now, you have TCU at 6-0. Then you have a three-way tie with Texas, Baylor, K-State, all 4-2. and two. So even though we, it, it feels like we haven't talked about Baylor a whole lot this year, they're still right in contention for a, a chance at the Big 12 um, championship game if they can finish second place. So, I mean, TCU, they've been getting the accolades. Texas has been having a pretty nice season. Same with K-State. And again, K-State, tough spot. You, you win at Iowa State by one. You lose TCU in a weird quarterback situation. You whoop up Oklahoma State. Then you got Texas says, you know, maybe they're due for a slip up. Doesn't mean they're a bad team, but that was four tough games in a row. But yeah, uh, Texas, Baylor, K State, all four and two, all kind of fighting there for who's going to get a shot at TCU for the, uh, Big 12 title. So the Big 12 has provided entertainment all year. And I don't think it'll stop now with three weeks to go, Chris. Yeah. And being that they, uh, it's it, they all play each other too. That's what's cool. Mm-hmm. TCU has to go on the road at Texas and on the road at Baylor. You know that's pretty wicked. And the same thing, you know, the Bears they got to play TCU at home and then on the road at Texas. So Texas, I mean, it's it's definitely up for grabs because, like you said, that second place is definitely wide open. And um, yeah, it it, it was. Uh, it was a big win for him, and it, and it will be interesting to see if they can close out really strong. Not closing out really strong right now is Oklahoma State. They got beat by Kansas. Kansas finally got, you know, a good quality win. It's been a little bit. It's been nice to see them kind of, you know, they were undefeated for a while. They lost a quarterback, and they just haven't been the same team. But 37-16, to 16, that was a big, big win. Memphis almost came back against US, UCF. NC State. With their backup quarterback, um, managed to beat a struggling Wake Forest team, uh, thirty to twenty-one. Uh, speaking of struggling, Syracuse, ever since they lost their quarterback, has really started to fall apart. They're not going to be ranked anymore. They lost to Pitt, nineteen to nine. Tulane keeps the ball rolling, as did North Carolina. North Carolina just got by Virginia. I thought that point spread was a little high. Josh Downs went for fifteen receptions. 166 in a tutty. That's a big, obviously, huge, huge day. And shouts out to uh, Robinson. Uh, 209 rushing yards, I think like 120 of them after contact. I mean, this guy, wow, this guy can, you know, we know he's a, a, a stud of a running back, but, man, they, they, that really helps you in tight games. And Illinois, we, we know that the big um, – Big Ten West is going to be much like the ACC um, Postal, and where you just you got to let it play out because you don't know who's going to win. A team can look good for a couple weeks, then fall off. Illinois at home, Marshall had a chance to wrap up the Big Ten West, and they lose to who would have guessed it? Michigan State after all those suspensions. Not to mention they've just been playing like shit lately. They're obviously having a bad season, but that's how the West is, just like that's how the, the Coastal is. Um, and here we go. We have four teams at three and three. Um, 
Purdue, Iowa, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. Four and two is uh, Illinois, but Illinois plays Purdue next week. So um, that thing is really living up to what we kind of thought would be a, you know, who the hell knows, uh, you know, who's going to win that. Rutgers actually made like a good, you know, a good run in this game against Michigan, but Michigan ultimately blew them out 52 to 17. Oregon won big. Like I said, UCLA and USC scored a lot of points. They still had to kind of grind out a win a little bit. Oregon State did cover as a as a plus four and a half, but Washington on Friday did win that game. Kind of a slower but, you know, interesting game. And then the win played a major part. I saw them warming up. You know, we always see on a windy day those kickers warming up, and the kicks were just getting stopped in midair and dropped. 7-0, though, Northwestern was up for a while. Ohio State pulled away 21-7. to um, And, you know, there was a variety of other games. We are kind of limited on time today. So we, like Coastal Carolina, App State, that was a good game from, from uh, last Thursday, 35-28. to Duke and Boston College was actually better than I thought it would be. Boston College put up a good fight. My Minnesota Gophers got back-to-back wins now. Now they're, they're, they're you know, they got to play Northwestern. And they have Iowa and Wisconsin to close. And those teams are looking a little bit better. Iowa beat Purdue. Wisconsin starting to put some wins together. Not like they should be ranked. But they are starting to be a little bit more respectable. Kentucky beat Missouri in a really, really tight game. A&M. Uh, loses to Florida pretty big time in the second half. I mean, dude, like they had in the second half, A&M had 29 yards of second half in the second half. I mean, that was that was really, really bad. Um, Baylor barely beat Oklahoma 38-35. to They were like three-and-a-half-point underdogs. I was going to jump on that, but I didn't. Um, a variety of other games out there. BYU, a big underdog, I think seven and a half points to Boise State. They ended up winning. Um, stayed away from them because I was afraid to bet on them, but I shouldn't have. I was eyeballing that bet. But either way, in the crafty, crappy, the pick of the week finally uh, fell short. And uh, it's kind of funny, Marshall. Um, earlier, a, a few weeks ago, I picked South Florida, right, and they lost. Well, their coach got I – ha- I had something to do with their coach getting fired, of course, because uh, uh, Scott there, uh, Coach Scott is done after a 1-8 and eight start from South Florida. And by the way, the number two linebacker in 2023 decommits – one of the top recruits in the country decommits to Texas A&M. So, yeah, trouble – is a ruin. Any other things from uh, week 10 that you'd like to talk about before we get into week 11, sir? No, I, I think that was a, a pretty good uh, uh, summary. And yeah, uh, man, if you're A&M, oof, that, you, you can't afford that $87 million, but holy cow, to think that them and Oklahoma are basically at the bottom of their conferences, that is not something I would predict at the start of the year. I'm not saying that A&M or Oklahoma had to win a title this year, but with a very expensive coach coming off a pretty good year and then a new coach coming in Oklahoma who a lot of people are really high on, man, uh, yeah. some some blue bloods this year that are struggling a lot more than people expected they would, Chris. Yeah, no doubt about it. 
speaking of blue bloods, in week 11, the SEC has some big games, of course. What would a week be this year without a big game in the Big 12? Uh, two of them, actually. Um, so, you know, where do we start? We can start with the SEC, Alabama, Old Miss, and LSU, Arkansas. LSU coming off the high of, you know, winning the game. Arkansas does have a good offensive line, uh, doesn't have a great deep, has a horrible defense. Uh, but there is that hangover effect where, you know, K.J. Jefferson in that offense somehow, some way sneak out a win or whatever. The biggest thing is they run the ball for 234 and throw it for 250. So with that ingredients of holding the ball and whatnot, now they just lost to Liberty, which I had as a plus is it 13 and a half or four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was 13 and a half. Um, and, you know, they had actually looked good the last few weeks closing out games. They, they were kind of a no-show uh, for most of that game. Liberty jumped up on them. I really didn't think that game would go that way. I thought Arkansas would be playing good. But is there a chance here as only a, uh, you know, a three-point favorite on the road, is there a chance that LSU slips up coming off such a, a great victory to turn around? Something we've seen plenty of times in college football where you, you turn right around and you're not focused, you can't handle success, and you end up losing the game. Is this going to happen, or is this Arkansas not the Arkansas we've seen the last two years where they actually had a pretty good season? Uh, I think it's going to be a really close game. I think that Arkansas, when K.J. Jefferson is healthy, can, can besides Bama, who seems to have their number, um, pretty much play with anyone in the country, and K.J. has a way of, of just making things competitive. So, yes, I do think this is a great spot for Arkansas. They maybe got caught looking ahead. Um, they maybe were sleepwalking. Also, in fairness to Arkansas, I, I believe they had one of the top five toughest schedules in the country. Um, their non-conference games were Liberty, uh, BYU, and I guess they did have Missouri State, who's kind of your one powder puff, like one double-A school, but they literally do not have a week off. So when you don't have a week off and you've had some in defensive injuries and a lot of those are season-ending injuries, um, the win-loss record for Arkansas maybe isn't the most beautiful thing, but that is not a team to look lightly upon. I don't think LSU will, but as you said, it's a spot where LSU just beat Bama at home, a crazy competitive overtime win. It wouldn't surprise me one bit for Arkansas to be with the lead in the fourth quarter of that game or neck and neck with LSU. I do think, I do think Arkansas wins, um, but I, I think either way, I think whoever, I think like this Arkansas game. Win or LSU? I, I like Arkansas to actually pull this off. I think okay. they bounce back. Yeah. I think it's a little bit of a hangover. Um, and again, Arkansas last week was a bad week, but it wouldn't surprise me at all for this team to bounce back. That's kind of how they roll. That's yeah, true. And, and, Obviously, Vegas is telling you it's a tight-ass game. Sure. Points is still hanging, too. I was all, yeah, I'll jump on that three. I'll jump on that three. You know, here we are Tuesday, still at three. It's not doing shit. So uh, I still think it's going to go down a little bit, but I may be wrong. But, yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be a close one. I'm not saying overtime. I think the game will be on the table in the fourth quarter. Old Miss um, against Alabama. Right, um, Old Miss snuck one out against uh, A&M uh, not long ago. Um, yeah, they had a bye 
So they, they kind of got on their good foot a little bit, maybe. Uh, we'll see. Um, biggest thing for Ole Miss in this game, well, two big things. We talked about the quarterback, right, uh, and how it's not the quarterback of last year. But that's tough to beat because that dude was a damn good college football player. True. Um, but also, 155 yards um, given up rush allowed. That, that's not great. You know, a buck fifty-five in college—that's a lot of yards to give up. And so, even in college, when you know when you go against rushing teams, sometimes you go team that's averaging you know two eighty, and you hold the one eighty, and you're happy. But um, I just think Bama is going to be riled up, and we know Ole Miss has this history somewhat of playing them pretty tight. What says you here? It is. A 12-point spread. Are we ready to say Bama's going to jump right back into it and, and be able to get this dub and cleanly beat them beat by double digits? Or do you see maybe a tight game here? Maybe Ole Miss coming off a bye has some tricks up their sleeve. Well, my guy Lane did have a bye week. It's time to repair. Um, last, last year, Bama beat them down pretty hard. But the year prior when they played at Old Miss, uh, that was a really close game up until like the fourth quarter. That was like, I think like a kind of like a 56 to 47 kind of game where, you know, they, they, it was just an offensive battle. Um, I do think it'll be a little more low scoring. I think if you're Old Miss, you want to run the ball. Um, Bama's offensive line and defensive line is not what it's been of years past. So I think if you're Old Miss, I know that Kiffin normally used to be a score of the ball fast kind of guy. I think you kind of want to maybe use the ground game to your attack. You're not really that explosive in offense this year compared to the past. So I do think that Ole Miss keeps it within the spread. Um, I do think that Bama's still got the superior talent and coming off a loss, they will be prepared. But, yeah, I think, I think Ole Miss keeps it close. And I think that if you can run the ball with Judkins and just kind of just play that gritty kind of weird game you've been playing all year, I don't, I don't see this game being a blowout. I don't think Bama's – they're not the Bama of regular years. I do think Ole Miss keeps it home, uh, keeps it close to home off a of bye, and they, they do cover the 12-point spread. But I do think Alabama wins. And I think Bama, I don't know, I'm still kind of going back and forth if they cover, but I do, I do like Bama to win. And let's calm down on the franchise is done, it's over, um, Bama's done. Uh, I've heard even people I somewhat respect as far as, you know, their, their opinion, I listen to them week in and week out, kind of jump on the, I saw this coming a while ago, I've been saying this for a year and a half now, that type of stuff, I mean, let's be honest, at Tennessee, which we know is a pretty cra- crazy place to play, 52-49, to 49. they just lost in overtime at LSU at night, have you heard about LSU at night, yeah, it's not the easiest place to play, last year, they, they lost one game until the championship, and we all know they did beat the champions in the, the SEC championship. It doesn't, doesn't even give them the national championship, but there was an injury in there. The thing is, as far as knowing about it for the, the last year and a half or something, that kind of rings you know, untrue when they made the championship last year. And, oh, by the way, the year before, they won the championship. You know what I mean? So – did LSU, you know, they lost two games, one to, you know, LSU who, who won the championship, 46 to 41 they lost, 48 to uh, 45 against a, an Auburn team that year. Um, 
2018, yeah, they did get clobbered. You know, they didn't lose a game, and then they got clobbered. But then they also won the championship the year before. So this whole thing of they're done, like, we all know they're not as good as they were in the past. Sure. This particular year. And, you know, at his age, that is going to catch up. How many more – how much energy – does the guy have when you're in your 70s that's fair those are all fair things but let's just not be like oh yeah man it's a wrap it's over now would i like to see other dynasties and you know yeah of course i'm not saying that i want saban to you know in alabama to win you know three out of the next six years or something like that but this whole thing of they're done and i knew it um this might be the first telling year of it but still to lose by Five or wait, four points? Two sure. games, four points. It's like, let's calm down a little bit. Uh, moving on, do you have anything to say about that at all? Because I didn't get to say it earlier. No, I, I just agree with everything you just said. All right, I like the, I like the quick shows, man. We're really agreeable. We you know, <laughs> go off our shoulder. I like it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, seven point. Favorite here it is Texas favorite again, healthily too by the way, at home of course you know that plays to do it according to ESPN analytics seventy three percent chance the Longhorns will get it done against the undefeated going to be ranked higher than seven TCU Horn Frogs sixty four and a half over under wouldn't be shocked to see that go over both defenses give up twenty plus a game. Um, what says you about this, this matchup here? I mean, obviously, you know, defensively, both pass and especially run, TCU is not great at it, and Robinson is a great running back. Is TCU finally just going to kind of run out of luck and, and finally lose a game? I think everything is suggesting they do. Um, I, re- I really don't want to go on this podcast and pick Texas. Uh, but the way the seven? would you play with the seven? Mm, uh, um, I, I wouldn't touch the spread because I could see this being kind of a, a, a take and turn scoring touchdowns on each other games. That spread could be almost dead on. Sure. Uh, yeah, but again, if you're TCU, you've pretty much been behind in the first half of every game in, in, for the last like month, and you can't keep playing with fire. And now, now again, you're probably playing a team who, you know, I, I don't know if Tech, I mean, Texas, Oklahoma State, K State, they're all kind of a, a mesh amongst each other. But this is another quality game. You're on the road. Um, hell, I suppose if Texas wins this game and TCU loses, now, now Texas is only one game back of first place with the tiebreaker. So. You know, this is a huge game for your Big 12 standings. Obviously, for TCU, you're still hoping to continue the pipe dream of winning, getting to the Final Four. But if you lose this, I would probably derail that. So it's a huge game. But, again, I think that I picked K-State and bet on them to beat TCU because I thought that was a momentum letdown spot for them then. They did pull that one out. They pulled out West Virginia. They pulled out Texas Tech. Neither have been that pretty. But can you do it again for, like, what the – shit, the fifth week in a row, like, of not slipping up, like, I just, you feel, man, I'll be cheering, I'll be cheering oh, for God. TCU, but I will be, I if I would, if I was to bet the game, I would bet Texas. I, I think that the run comes to an end, 
and it's something to be ashamed of. You're, you're, you'll be nine and one in a, in a very competitive, all around respectable division. Yeah, I, I have the same sentiments, uh, but you gotta look at Quentin Johnson, their number one wide receiver, as far as just the, especially with that spread. Um, sure. That thing may well it will fall if if they know he's gonna play. Um, but yeah, I mean seven and a half on my bookie. I don't know what it is today, but we were talking about that where you're like, oh, seven and a half. That 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 half does make you feel comfortable. Uh, picking it, but I know what you mean about. I thought you, you you said it perfectly. How the you know going back and forth scoring touchdowns. So someone's probably going to win by seven at least. Um, so that'll be interesting. And then Kansas State Baylor, you know, the, in this weird wacky Big Twelve where you know a team can look mediocre for a while, then all of a sudden look great. That's what Baylor's been doing. I, you know, I don't trust Baylor one hundred percent at. You know, I know they're at home and stuff like that. They're a two and a half point favor, but I'm not. I'm, not, I'm stuck on this game. I got to admit, uh, Baylor, like I said, has looked better recently, no doubt about it. But they don't have the defense um, that they had prior. That Texas Tech game was very impressive, uh, but they have some losses that they probably shouldn't have. So I'm kind of back and forth on this one. I'm thinking about picking K State for the upset because they're looking ahead. To Texas and TCU. What says you also, North Carolina, an underdog at a slipping who probably won't be ranked. They shouldn't be ranked Wake Forest uh, today. They're three and a half point favorites on an eight and one, given not a great team, but still has a high powered offense. That that kind of surprised me minorly. I thought it'd be closer to pick up. Yeah, to start off with K-State Baylor, I'm with you. I feel that like K-State has maybe been a little more well-rounded team this year, but again, they're they're in a brutal stretch of their schedule, and Baylor's in, I suppose, a little bit of an easier schedule of late. But God, Kate, yeah, I, I wouldn't bet that game. I, I would, yeah, I think that that is a neck and neck close game. Um, and obviously if you're K-State, you're fighting, you're fighting to stay up for that second spot along with Bears. This, this, that game actually goes a long way about deciding who could be contending for a Big 12 title. Um, I would stay away from betting. I would lean an edge towards, um, Baylor. But again, who the hell thought K-State was going to beat Oak State by 48 to 0? Like K-State is just a really goofy, unpredictable team where week in, week out, they consistently put forth a pretty good effort. Again, probably should it be TCU if not for a, a, a third-string quarterback having to play a couple of possessions. And you're right, for uh, the Wake Forest-NC game, UNC's defense was really, really, really bad when the year started, and I think it's become a little bit slightly better. And Wake has been blowing games that they're not supposed to because they, had, you know, a lot of people said they had a legit Heisman candidate quarterback when the year started who'd come back from his – you know, the the injuries, and I, it's like Wake hasn't found momentum, and they've been losing games they're not supposed to. So I would lean towards NC, but I would definitely look at the over in that game because if that's a shootout with both of those teams, that could easily be a, a 62. 77 is the over on the whole Well, that, that, does, that doesn't, I would still maybe, because I could see that being like a 58-54 kind of game. And then you're then you're in a triple digit over. So I mean, yeah, I, that that won't surprise me at all. I will lean NC, 
But that would be a fun one. Don't bet the under unless you want to torture yourself, seriously, unless there's like a monsoon rolling through. Stay away from the under in that game, my friend. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I mean, I could also see Wake Forest pulling their head out of their ass and be like, oh, that's right. We got a pretty good quarterback, and if we don't turn the ball over, we can do some stuff here. Neither sure. team can stop the run, so, you know, turnovers and, and, and running the ball, that'll be kind of interesting. Purdue has a chance to to get some of the job done. They still have two games past this, but if they beat Purdue, or if Purdue beats Illinois, they now are in charge of uh, what what could possibly happen in the Big Ten West. They're six-and-a-half-point underdogs. I think Illinois is going to do it, but, man, it's a weird, wacky Big Ten West like we've kind of talked about all year. Here's a big game. Uh, both teams will be ranked higher than they were. 7-2 Central Florida visiting Tulane on the road. It's basically a pick'em type game. Um, Tulane is a two-point favorite here. Uh, what says you about this game? Because this this is a huge game when it comes to uh, the American. Tulane's only loss is to Southern Miss by three. Southern Miss is not a bad team, but they beat they beat Memphis, who's you know average here. They beat Houston, who's a high scoring team this year. They also beat K State. <laughs> like this Tulane squad is a pretty damn good squad, and I, God, I don't and UCF they're. Jeez, they're, they're, I think this is a very evenly played game. Obviously, yeah, these teams are both. Cincinnati, too. So, I mean, it's, it's yeah, Tulane yeah. still has to play Cincinnati. You know what I mean? So, it, it is one of those, you know, the last, like, couple weeks here is really going to decide it. Yeah, I, I'm going to lean Tulane. I think they've been playing consistently about as damn good a football as, as you can expect. Um, I, I don't think many people expect them to be in the situation that they're in. Uh, but UCF, they've also kind of gone on a bit of a hot streak. They've won their last, well, six out of seven. Their one slip up was at ECU, who on a given night can be a very respectable team. So this is a coin flip game. Obviously, these teams don't get the, the television publicity that the SEC and the Big Ten does. But this will be a fun one to enjoy. Kick your feet back, relax, watch the game. The spread is damn close. Um, I'm going to lean Tulane because it's at home. And I think they've just been playing a little bit better football all year. But this should be a really fun game. And you're right, this can go a long way upon deciding uh, who's contending for that American Conference uh, championship. The AAC. Um, and I'm going to go Central Florida. I'm going to go the opposite. We've been, it's been too peaceful on this. we got to break it up a little bit. Sure. Um, any other games we got? It's 46-minute mark. we got a handful of minutes. Any other games that you'd like to talk about before we get into the crafty, crappy pick of the week? One game, Michigan State, are we sure they can beat Rutgers by 10? I don't know. That is one Good of those Lord. Because it's like, really? Are we what? I mean, Rutgers has actually played with some teams lately, like good enough to stay in the game against way better teams. So that one kind of makes me scratch my head a little bit and go, are we positive? And then Wisconsin-Iowa, someone's going to lose, and that's always good being a Gopher fan because we got Iowa next week. Um, Appalachian State Marshall, hardcore barn burner to the max there. Um, there's some interesting games. Is Washington good enough to lose by 13 points? Because right now they're 13.5-point underdogs. couple of games out there that I got my eyes on when it comes to against the spread upset of the week and stuff like that. 
Yeah, I guess my last note before we get to the crafty crafty pick of the week would be just can the can the Pac-12 teams who are supposed to win win? Yeah, USC playing Colorado, 34-point favorite. Oregon, as you said, 13-and-a-half. Utah's 24, and UCLA is minus 19-and-a-half. So all the Pac-12 teams are playing crappy teams this week. If all four of them win, you have a really, really interesting week next week in the Pac-12 because Utah plays Oregon yep. and USC plays UCLA. So can that all four Big Twelve type stuff, SEC can, stuff. All, if all four of them can hold their weight this week, you have a really, really interesting week in actually in the Pac twelve. And again, one of those teams could be boosting themselves up two of them could be boost themselves up closer to making a final four spot. So again, if you're a Pac twelve fan or supporter, hope all four take care of business. And then next week we have a hell of a preview for the Pac twelve with four teams who call could all be within the top twelve or top 12 ranked teams in the country playing each other. So next week is a fun week for the Pac-12 if you take care of house business this week. Yeah, you're not kidding. And, man, it's it's so funny how the college football season feels like a marathon at the start because it's like, hold on, dude. Like, you know, we have this many unbeaten teams. They're going to lose. It always happens. Just calm down. And then all of a sudden it turns to a sprint. You're like, there's three weeks left of the regular season. And it just kind of grabs you a couple of I know. You're like, three, three weeks, what? And then basically four weeks, really, because of the conference finals. But um, And obviously, in the future, we are going to have, you know, an extra week, I'm assuming, maybe extra two weeks uh, in a row. You know, I don't know how they're going to do that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that's how they do it, do two weeks in December, uh, beyond the conference finals. But it could be just one week, and then they extend it on the other side. I don't know. But, yeah, it is fun anyhow that goes. All right, so the crafty, crappy pick of the week, um, you know, it, it didn't come through. It didn't come through. Um, shots out the temple. They had a they had a good game plan is what it came down to. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you look and you go, man, it, it, I keep saying, man, it's tough to pick this team on the road, but I'm going to do it. And, and you can only live and die by that so much. But, hey, 7-3. Still ain't bad, my friend. Not at all. And every once in a while, we do travel into the the big boys conferences. Uh, I know last year we did last year we did the Big Ten. This year we're traveling into the good old SEC. You know, it it just means more, Chris. I hope this pick just means more to you too, because we're traveling to uh, Jordan Hare Stadium, where we we once saw the kick six get returned. Yes, we're going there. Texas A&M Aggies, who are three and six on the year, they they could buy out their coach, who's one and five in conference with eighty seven million dollars of a check, is playing against but the form. Tight, so, you know, you they they did, and, and then they're playing the Auburn Tigers, who again have fired their coach, uh, probably for a much cheaper price than Jimbo. Um, it is a six thirty SEC channel game. The tickets you can get in the door for thirty bucks, which honestly, I mean, for a Actually, that's not a bad price for the, the, the teams on the field. So 6.30 kickoff, Aggies against War Eagle. Uh, I believe this is the first time both of these teams have appeared in the Crafty Crafty Pick of the Week, which has been about a 10-year segment. What does your gut say for this matchup, my friend? I mean, this is a shitty, shitty game. There's no doubt about it. It definitely qualifies because you look at, you know, there's usually this, you know, the last six games, last five games, and, yeah, it's just L's all across the board, just L, 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 L. I mean, it is – wow, now there's some tight games in there. 
you know, we could go head to head and say, well, they did this against that team and that, but I don't. It really doesn't matter. Here's when you know teams are shitty, okay? When A and M, with all that recruiting, is giving up 215 yards on the ground. I mean, that's not even normally the the number for crafty crappy pick of the week. I mean, 215 yards on the ground. And and hey, I'm not gonna leave the Tigers out of it. A buck ninety two on the like these are like, crazy, dude. This is nuts. Um, I guess Auburn a little bit more spread. You know, they can pass for almost or run for almost two hundred, pass for almost two hundred. So I do like that. But giving up thirty one points a game, that is not something I'm a big fan of. Uh, they are a two point you know home dog. Um, home favorite. Home favorite, excuse me, thank you. Um, I am just lost on to what will happen in this game, but I have to pick, and we are running out of time. I'm going with the Auburn Tigers. You can't, you telling me you're going to walk into Jordan Hare Stadium, pay 30 bucks. Oh, wait, they don't have to pay to go there, but you're just going to walk <laughs> in there and, and, and defeat this team? Who you know is at least they're not giving up 200 yards rushing. It's only a buck 92. Now this is a this is a perfect game. I'm glad that you didn't go Mac. Uh, I'm glad you went SEC because <laughs> this is a shitty ass game. And right now both these programs are down. But I'm going the poor Eagle Auburn Tigers for the crafty crappy pick of the week. I, I I saw a tweet, Chris, that they're cutting the shrubs very tight this week. So they're hoping for some end zone dances. <laughs> That's my inside info. <laughs> that's funny. I like that. Man, that's a deep cut, dude. I, like I will that. still never forget uh, when it was, it was. It was actually the night of my birthday. I was getting ready to go out with uh, my, my girlfriend and family at the time, and uh, I remember I le- I left my apartment right after that kick six. That that's always stuck in my head about how Bama had the the kick. It was too far, and then Auburn ran it back and jumped in the shrubs. That was a Quite a moment, so I had to throw in a shrub a little tweet there. I thought that was pretty good, too. So, on that note, we'll be back next week. We will be discussing the college football ranking for the playoff system because, as you know, sometimes those guys make up their own rules, and it kind of like every week shit changes. And we're getting to the point now where it's not the guaranteed Bama Clemson are in this year. Like, you're going to have to answer some questions. So, it will be fun next week to break down. It's playing out just like we've talked about these last two weeks. Uh-huh. So, yeah, a lot of people in the Pac-12 going for it. Michigan, Ohio State will probably still, probably still both be undefeated next week. You got a huge mess, especially if LSU runs the table and beats if Georgia. They like, beat Northwestern, they better be right. Let, 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 let's show some respect. Roll the boat. So, on that note, uh, look out for the neatly trimmed brushes. Uh, go War Eagle. And for the alumni battle, I'm taking Bo Jackson over anyone. Uh, yeah, who has ever been athlete at A&M. And Bo Jackson, Charles Barkley, because that man makes you laugh when you're watching basketball. The boys are out. Have a good day. Back next week. Peace. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.